0: We went a whole month without recording. Oh,
1: wow. Did you just have that many backed up, or you guys were just. We like... did,
0: and now we've completely lost our lead time. Oh, wow. Yeah, this is, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm hoping we can, you know, I don't know, record a bonus episode soon so that we can fill that in. Yeah. Give yeah, yeah. them some rest. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah stressful scheduling and booking and, yeah, yeah no uh,
1: uh, since, uh, since we moved over to Earwolf they started taking over all that stuff and I'm like holy shit I love this
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah Kevin Bartelt was on our, was on oh, our really? show once yeah, yeah. I love he that works guy. over there that was yeah
1: he's a really dope guy yeah
0: he's cool he's cool um yeah
2: and
1: you guys had Jaquise as well right yeah, yeah and, and Jakees, I think
2: when we yeah. had him it was before you guys moved to Earwolf
3: oh so yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. seen the uh, well congratulations exciting. oh thank you, thank you yeah and I'm excited for your new show too. was that the this is the story or what did the oh show oh that? uh, that's the that's, show that's the show I was yeah. so close I was. oh no yeah no, it's
1: a very dumb Seinfeld reference
0: nice uh, from yeah when
1: they're pitching their pilot and they just go that's the show like, that's all they say <laughs> <laughs> nice
0: um yeah well hi everyone uh welcome to Hawk guys.
1: You want a little cliff that makes everybody laugh and feel good. You know what I mean? Instead it's like... But I'm really not
0: funny. No, no, no. And we not do podcast. What? (laughs) Okay. Our, our guest today whose voice you've already heard is uh, you know I'm from his shows the culture Kings and the wokest and his upcoming show uh, it's a grandmapa's
1: you said my name perfectly
0: oh okay. and I was just like
1: she didn't ask how it's pronounced I was very nervous <laughs> and then you nailed it so thank you so much
0: oh good yeah well I've I I've, uh, I'm a fan. I've listened to a lot of podcasts you've been a guest on, so uh, I was ready. I came in. I came in hot. I was ready to go. Um, yeah. So. What's your uh what's your relationship with Ethan Hawk like you know
1: what? Uh, I like didn't ever really think of him until I recently I mean not recently this was like years ago. Uh, I used to be like I mean I still am a big like AV club reader okay and yeah. AV Club had this four year they have this uh segment called four year consideration where like they write like these long, uh, think pieces on certain topics and mm-hmm. the think piece was ethan hawk like always brings it i think it was what it was called and it was talking about how like even when ethan hawk is in like a c-list or d-list movie yeah mm-hmm. he is always the best actor in it and like from reading that article like i like went back and watched like i think it was like daybreakers that oh, weird vampire I movie that, that he's movie in so much but like you watch it and you're just like holy shit he is like you know like there are like actors who like you know take it off like they're just like this movie's gonna suck. I'm not even gonna try hard, but like yeah. Ethan always seems to like be so committed to uh um just doing his best work, no matter what the movie is. so from that, I became like a huge fan of his
0: nice. oh nice yeah what That's are cool. your what are your top i mean other than before the devil knows you're dead
1: yeah, uh I mean that one, and then training day uh and then I'd have to say, uh first reformed was like. Yeah. Nice. yeah, yeah that that that's We're probably We're my fans. top three. Uh, I mean, he was just fantastic in that movie. The ending, I don't get. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought yeah. he was just fantastic in it.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, those are some solid choices. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting to me that you chose this. Why did you? So, yeah, you said you wanted to talk about this movie in particular. Why did yeah. you choose this one?
1: So, like, this movie, I came across it in, like, I think it was, like, this movie came out in, like, 07 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, a time in my life. Where like I had just been introduced to the concept of film as like a career. So like I was just like, I'm not watching any like theater movies, like, you know, like any popcorn movies. And I started like going on this like deep rabbit hole of like all these indie movies. And I came across this movie off of a legal download. I knew nothing about it. Like mm-hmm. I'd only known I didn't know anyone in it, like specifically. So I watched it and was just like, Holy fuck, this is the craziest movie I've ever seen. I think I like watched it the same day as I watched Pulp Fiction. So oh, I wow. like, double featured both of those movies. It's a and heavy day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I just became obsessed with it. I, there's something about this movie that has always to me felt very play like. And then today I did a little research and I was like, oh, that makes sense that it was like a theater play first. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like it just like the performances in it are so good. And then it's also like a really good crime story. And crime was like one of my favorite genres. So that aspect of it, I think just like really drew me in of like how crazy of a story it is, but also how good everyone is acting. Like it almost feels like an acting masterclass, Mm -hmm. like watching how both Philip Seymour Hoffman and Ethan Hawke are like always trying to out act each other in every scene they're in together.
0: Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, I was just watching this interview with Ethan Hawke where he was talking about, uh, you know, meeting Philip Seymour Hoffman and, yeah. like, doing this movie with him. And uh, he was talking about... I would play it, but the audio on this interview was so bad that I don't want to, <laughs> like, hurt anyone's ears. But um, uh, basically he was just talking about how they met in the early 90s because Philip Seymour Hoffman was, like, a reader. Like, when he'd you know, Ethan Hawke would be trying out for parts. Oh, and, wow. Yeah, and so um, they became friends that way. And... Philip Seymour Hoffman was like, oh, well, you put on my friend's play because Ethan Hawk is a theater company. Mm-hmm. And Ethan Hawke was like, no. <laughs> and so then <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman opened his own theater company. So they had like essentially competing <laughs> theater companies <laughs> in New York. Um, and that, uh, yeah, then finally they got back together again. I mean, they, you know, continued to be friends. But, yeah. Um, uh philip Hoffman was talking to sydney lumet about doing this movie yeah and they, and they brought ethan hawk in and i just think that's so great it's so fun to see them together
1: yeah like yeah. it's yeah. so fun and like you know i thought i mean i think like ethan hawk is always in like these kind of roles where like he's like along for like a crazy ride whether it be like assault on prison 13 oh, or yeah. training day but this one's felt so different in like how squeamish and like beta he was yeah <laughs> uh, and then just seeing like how Philip Seymour Hoffman just like powers over him and uh, what a use of the f-word huh like I mean the f-word yeah. count is yeah 20 plus in this movie yeah
0: that's something yeah. we run into an amount with Ethan Hawke's works uh yeah I think this and his books Oh Ethan no Ethan Hawke's books Not great Not great <laughs> um, Also if you recall Taking Lives um, Taking Lives was the Angelina Jolie Ethan Hawke movie Oh wow Yeah I don't, I don't recall that Yeah he dropped that F word hard In that movie <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well at least He wasn't dropping it In this movie He That's was true. just being called That's It by true. multiple characters That's yeah.
3: true
0: <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. The other thing that I thought was really funny from that interview was that um, Ethan Hawke was talking about how Cindy Lumet told him like that he reminded him of Marlon Brando while he was acting. But then um, Ethan Hawke told Philip Seymour Hoffman that and he was like, man, he told you that too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's just his way of like coaxing their like Mm -hmm. egos. Yeah, that's That's so funny. It is weird that like i like i was like oh this Sidney lumet like when i saw the movie as like a younger person i was just like oh this guy's gonna blow up and then <laughs> <laughs> and then and i looked like up who he was movie. and i was like holy shit like this is like his like fuck around movie where he's just like i've already yeah. done all these great things let me just direct this yeah movie.
0: i think he had gotten like a lifetime achievement award like three years earlier wow. so he was just like yeah i'm still doing yeah. this i'm yeah. still here <laughs> And um, this was
2: his last movie that yes. he directed, right?
1: Yeah. Wow, really? That's yeah. a way to go out. I mean, what a crazy fucking movie.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, have you seen many other of his movies? I mean, he has so many. I've
1: only seen... Wait. No, I don't think I have, actually. Yeah. I was going to say I've seen Dog Day Afternoon, but I don't think I have.
0: Yeah, I haven't seen that one. I I've seen list, 12 Angry like. Men.
1: I haven't seen 12 Angry Men. I've just seen a lot of people parody it.
0: <laughs> yeah
1: yeah like the uh the very uh, famous Amy Schumer one, which is like my favorite episode of that show, where she does Twelve Angry Men, and it's <laughs> like an a jury of men all arguing about whether she's hotter or not Oh, right. I've seen that one yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Let's see.
0: I think I've seen four, including this one. Oh, wait, I see network. Oh yeah, network Oh network, yeah, yeah I love that movie. Holy, Holy shit. Movie. this guy's
1: wow, it's very stupid of me to be like this this kid's gonna blow <laughs> 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 um yeah, network. I think that's the big one that I've seen. Yeah, I think that's the big one that I've seen, all these other ones.
0: Um oh, running on empty with uh River Phoenix. He who. directed
1: The Wiz?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this
1: guy's out here.
0: Yeah. I have seen The Wiz. I should add that. To, well, I'm going to say I watched that on Letterboxd. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you guys big Letterboxd heads. Should I, sure should I do I'll, it? it? Yes, Is it like the only it. thing that's stopping me from being a film nerd
3: yeah
0: a hundred percent i
2: only recently joined okay. and i have for a while i only had one movie logged which was paddington 2 <laughs> the I mean, only movie, movie that movie matters and, yeah. and the reason it was it was like a i, I love paddington 2 but yeah it was like also kind of a spite log because we have a friend who has been on the show a couple of times uh, who, shout out to Gio. yeah he refuses to watch it For for just completely arbitrary reasons, yeah. Yeah. So
0: I got him to watch the first Paddington movie because Mm -hmm. he was like, "You need to watch Trolls." Yeah. So I watched the Trolls movie. Was it good? Oh yeah, I loved it. Really? (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm probably the only person that did, but I had a great time. It was just like Anna Kendrick and Justin Timberlake are Trolls, and they sing songs. Yeah. They use singing to like save the world. It's great, you know. (laughs) Um, but yeah. So then he watched Paddington the first one. And refuses to watch the second second one. one? It's crazy. Did he like
1: the first one?
0: I think so. So
1: why does he refuse to watch the second one? I've never seen either of them, but
0: um they're great you should watch them <laughs> um yeah i don't know he's just a monster
1: that's fair that's fair geo <laughs> stop being a monster watch paddington 2 why don't we watch it together i don't know who you are but maybe we'll meet for the first time and watch this movie that'll be
0: great yeah i'll host a i'll host a paddington 2 viewing party All right, great yeah. i'm into this great yeah i'm sure there are some like paddington decorations i could just deck out the whole apartment with Paddington <laughs> <It's> true <laughs>
1: yeah i think you're going too far <laughs>
2: uh, i love i love the theme i love a party yeah um yeah letterbox is a little bit because the thing like the hard part is that i feel like once you've set up a database of movies that you've seen mm-hmm. it gets easier to just log new movies as yes. you go okay. but yeah. the starting part is I like getting all the movies that you've seen into seen. one place wow i hard.
0: loved the starting part because i'm such i love making lists i love okay. like neurotically i love spreadsheets i love all that stuff so what i had done because i wanted to do this big project that i couldn't it required a lot of people to like uh, contribute to it which was the problem and it never happened okay Um, what was the
1: project can i dig
0: yeah i wanted to do the millennial top 100 so like kind of like um you know the afi top 100 but i wanted to like collect data from millennials and ask them what their top 100 movies were yeah um but that means that i'd have to know a lot of people that had seen over 100 movies which was i thought that i like knew a lot of film nerds but then everyone I asked was like, "Oh, a hundred movies, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I guess no one can do this, and it's never gonna happen No, so. it's gonna
1: happen. it's gonna happen i'm gonna I'm gonna reinvigorate this project. Let's oh, make good. it happen because I have a guess that social network will be the number one movie,
0: oh, interesting wow. I I think that from the four people that did give me lists, it seemed like Empire Strikes Back was going to be number one. Wow. Yeah. How
1: many of them were white men?
0: <sighs> Two. <laughs> <laughs> Two out of four. So 50%. <laughs> that could be part of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So one day, one day I will get that back up and running. One of my many projects. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. So what I did is I made a, an obsessive list of every movie I had ever seen, mm-hmm. I think I went through. Cause I went through a year, but I had like two different methods of going through and I cross referenced oh, wow. to make sure that I really captured every movie that I had ever seen, I think. Oh my God. So then I, um, but then I got a letterbox and it was, I had, there were 400 more movies that I had somehow missed, so. Wow. How
1: did you miss 400 movies?
0: I don't know. But anyway, so I, yeah, I have over 1800 movies on my letterbox. I feel pretty good about it. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm gonna
1: start a letterbox today. Yay. I'm gonna do it on the drive.
0: Ooh, don't do that <laughs> um yeah but maybe we should talk about before the devil knows you're dead <laughs> sure so um the uh oh it opens on Philip Seymour Hoffman having sex with Marissa Tomei yeah wow
3: yeah. and right. and
1: like not even like you know like it would be nice if it was just like a nice missionary it's a like, gratuitous you know doggy style yeah.
0: sex yeah and he's like looking yeah. at himself in the mirror too <laughs> yeah. it was yeah. a lot
2: it was a lot yeah it's like um American Psycho. Yes. He does that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, he does that in American Psycho, but you it the way it's shot, it's like it's focused on the top half of his body looking at the mirror. At the mirror no, so yeah. you never see like So a you don't woman. really exactly yeah. see what he's doing, but you know what he's doing and you know that he's looking at himself.
1: Not a fan of American Psycho?
0: I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think Jonathan watched it one time while I was like I had had a lot to drink, and I oh, okay. was, like, gratuitously vomiting. And he was, like, just sitting next to me watching American Psycho. Yeah. Yeah. I feel
2: like I've watched a weird number of things that were... While well, no, I was were... vomiting. <laughs> <laughs> no, Are they all while... serial killer movies? <laughs> the, the, uh, well, the other one was when we were... Okay, this was the other way. is that uh-huh. I was, like...
0: Oh, you were high, and yeah. we watched um, From Dusk Till Dawn, and it yeah. really upset you.
3: Yeah.
2: Because <laughs> this was, like around the time where i was sort of realizing oh like maybe we just isn't for me (laughs) and we were watching this this it was a show it was the show based on the like the movie robert Rodriguez movie yeah 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 Yeah. and it was like immensely disturbing (laughs) yeah she had like
0: snakes coming out of her mouth
2: especially because like it sort of starts off normal and it devolves into this Yeah. yeah and when you're high you're like is this really happening? Yeah, because
1: you're trusting that the yeah. show was what you're presented, and all of a sudden these weird things are happening. You have no context for them, so yeah, you're just yeah. like, is this the drug or is this really bad screenwriting? Yeah. Sometimes it's both. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes yeah. it is
0: both. <laughs> yeah. So the title "Before the Devil Knows You're Dead" comes up on like a title card, yeah, with a yeah. full expression. So mm-hmm. it's uh, "May you be in heaven for half an hour before the devil knows you're dead." Yeah,
2: It's a pretty cool expression. It's
0: yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. I like that. It's like it. an
1: Irish proverb, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and then the score comes in and did you guys like clock who did the score? No. Okay So it was really obvious to me and we've had this conversation on the podcast before because okay. this this composer has Done. He did the score for Hamlet 2000. Okay. It's Carter Burwell <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. And He did the original Twilight score oh. Which right. Right. is right, right. such a deep part of who I am the Twilight series <laughs> okay. that uh, when I hear anything by him, it's immediately distracting because oh, wow. he has a really distinct style. It's like really heavy violins. Yes. And he does this thing that's kind of like a descending scale a little okay. bit. And uh-huh. he uses the same thing like in all of his scores. So did you
1: pick up on it immediately? Immediately,
0: wow. I was like, oh, it's another Carver Well movie. <laughs> um, so that was fun for me, I guess. Also distracting, but it was, you know. I'm glad he's getting, he gets worse. It is a
1: very depressing score. Like, it, I think it yeah. even makes the movie sadder at some parts because of, like, like you said, that downward scale. You're just like, oh, this isn't going to end well. Like, there's no sense of hope the entire movie. Yeah, that was the thing that
2: kind of surprised me is that I kind of expected. Okay, so I saw the trailer. Mm-hmm. Just recently, because we had watched, you had gotten the DVD for. Oh yeah, the for the hottest, state. the hottest state. For the hottest state, which have was you Ethan seen the Hawks. hottest state? No.
0: Okay, so this is his. He's in Hawks' second movie he directed. Yeah. Directed, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: And so there were there was like a, s- a few trailers before wow. that movie, and one of them was for this movie. Okay. And I had I did not know anything about this movie before, but the trailer actually reveals the big uh, the. The big early twists. Yeah. Which, spoiler alert, they're planning on robbing their own parents' jewelry store. Yeah. yeah. So that's revealed in the trailer.
0: I think because of the way that the time is like forwards and backwards in this movie, it's like non-linear, that it's not really that much of a spoiler, because you do find out pretty early.
2: Yeah, but I feel like that moment still would have hit a little harder. It does, yeah, if you it, didn't know.
1: Because you see this robbery go wrong, and then you go yeah. all the way back. Yeah.
2: You know, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause you get you get like a little bit into the movie before finding out True. from the movie that it's that it's their parents' place. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. there's he's there's basically the scene where he says like, uh, "It's easier if we rob like a mom and pop shop," and then he describes the place to him. He says like, "It's between this store and this store."
0: Oh yeah, a Foot Locker and a Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: and and then he's like, "Oh shit, you're talking about." you know, he, he's like shocked and he's like, yeah, what did I say? Like mom and pop shop. Yeah. Which is a pretty good line but yeah, like was it good. was, it, it was a little bit like, you know, the effect was dampened for me a little bit because I had seen just the trailer. Yeah. And they reveal it in the trailer. And even the
1: way that like Philip Seymour Hoffman refuses to tell him the place until yeah. he agrees, like it gives you anxiety because you know what happens already so you're just yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. want to know what fucking place. Yeah. like, say yes, Ethan Hawk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, like you mentioned, we do see the robbery first. Yes. Um, And it goes so wrong. (laughs) It goes
1: so bad.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, Yeah. So the guy in a ski mask comes in and he... And you don't know who it is. Yeah. You don't know who it is. Um, And he, you know, he clears out all the cases, but then one of them is locked. So he, like... Uh, he's like pointing the gun at the woman in the store and then he's like, where are the keys? And he gets the keys and he's fumbling with them. Then she pulls the gun and shoots him.
2: Yes. Yeah, he's like trying to break the case, I yeah.
0: think. Yeah, yeah, because he can't figure out which he key He can't it is. figure out the
2: keys. Yeah, and she shoots him in the back. Yeah. And he like falls down, turns around, shoots her. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was
0: very like um, that SNL sketch. them, what you say. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Yes.
1: Even the angles at which they were shooting at were exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. And then he gets up and, like, is heading toward the door, kind of limping. And she's, like, like, f- sort of face down, like, on her elbows and kind of angles the gun and shoots him. And then he falls through the window. Mm-hmm. And then you see Ethan Hawke
0: and he's like wearing oh, this shit.
2: goofy-ass disguise. <laughs> oh <know>. It's, like, <laughs> the, like...
0: The mustache, the mustache. And this, like, crazy wig. and the wig. And and aviator the wig. Glasses. It's, like, it's all
1: dark yeah and that cut to him is so jarring because it's like you don't go from like a wide of the car to inside it's just straight up to a close-up of yeah. this kind of fake mustache yeah, and yeah watching it again i was just like holy shit i forgot about this part
0: yeah, yeah. with the mustache and the glasses he looks a lot like his character in um oh what's that movie that came out with no mirror Pace? um stockholm where he plays the the guy that uh, stockholm syndrome is, oh, is wow. named after yeah yeah or you know the incident the guy from the incident anyway but yeah he has that yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but yeah he has that like exactly because it's like in the 70s this movie so it just looked like he has that same vibe yeah Yeah. um yeah
2: yeah and it's yeah like you said it's a really close-up on his face and he starts freaking out and he just drives away
0: Mm-hmm. And the the woman in the store, she's played by Rosemary Harris, mm-hmm. um, who is Aunt May in the yeah, Sam Raimi yeah, Spider-Man yeah, yeah, yeah. movies. Uh, yeah, I yes, recognize yes, her. Yeah. Yes. And it's fun because then Marissa Tomei is also in this movie. Right. Oh my God. It's yeah. all connected. That's
1: fucking crazy. Yeah. And she had no idea that she was going to be Miss, uh, yeah. you know, Aunt May later. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Meant to be. You just fucked up my brain. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um yeah, that's what I'm here for. You know, <laughs> making connections, fucking up brains.
2: And another uh uh actor connection that's oh, yeah. special to fans of this podcast. Fans of the pod, <laughs> yeah. Will be Albert Finney, who plays mm-hmm. Ethan Ock's dad, who is also in a movie called Rich in Love, starring uh
0: Catherine Irby.
2: Yes, and Kyle
0: <laughs> Kyle McLaughlin. Kyle McLaughlin, yeah oh, yeah yeah why
1: is this movie important to fans of your pod it's just that
2: they're it was
0: our eighth episode oh, okay. <laughs> classic. i was like i'm waiting for it i'm no, waiting it's, for it's it for it just it.
2: special because like no one has seen this movie yeah yeah so like the only reason you would have seen you would have
0: seen it, it is because you listened to this podcast <laughs> yeah, and decided and you decided to something. spend 16 dollars buying the dvd on amazon oh that's, the only, that's the only way to, way to watch, watch that movie yeah that's um, what we did
1: is Albert Finney ha- look? Does he look happy in that movie you guys just described? No, because he okay. looks a lot
2: like he does in this movie. Yeah, he yeah. looks like always slightly. Upset. Yeah.
0: Well, he has sometimes because he in that movie he starts dating. He's That's like okay. his wife leaves him. His wife, played by Jill Clayburgh, leaves him. Okay. And then he he meets this woman who's a hairdresser, and then they start dating, That's and nice. they watch videotapes because it's like when V C R were sort of new. Oh my god. So they god. yeah he goes over to her house and they watch some videos together, and then. Uh, uh, Catherine Irby freaks out because she thinks that's code for watching porn when you're watching movies on video
1: so he does soften up a little bit
0: yeah,
2: yeah but the okay. first half of that movie he's like the same kind of guy he's yeah like frazzled yeah <laughs> yeah sad yeah. yeah a little bit like undone you know?
0: yeah yeah also I think like the highlights of Albert Finney from Rich and Love were anytime he was eating unfortunately okay. we didn't really get to see that work no, from him no in this no movie.
1: not much eating yeah. From any no,
0: not a lot of eating. I don't think.
1: I think at, there's one scene where he's in front of food mm-hmm. while Marissa Tomei is stripping bacon uh, mm-hmm. in the kitchen, mm-hmm. and, but he's not eating because he's so upset. Yeah,
0: yeah. that's true. Um, yeah, but in Rich and Love, he does this. He like doesn't he like just dunk a banana into a jar of peanut butter and then <laughs> like yeah, and then, and then, then, then he makes like make a, a sandwich with like potato lays chip potato chips in yeah. it and oh, wow. crunches okay. it. Yeah. So yeah. anyway. Yeah, Albert Finney. Uh, yeah, from the Ethan Hawke cinematic universe, one of many. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, we go back and forth a lot, so it's a little hard to keep track of the plot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah
0: but that's what makes this movie like more interesting, I think, because yeah. it could have very easily just been like a straightforward. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. but because the the jumps in time to yeah. you know from the robbery to before to after. Yeah. Um. You know, that makes it, you're like more invested because you want to know what led up to the robbery and what were the consequences. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So it seems like Philip Seymour Hoffman was like embezzling from the company he was working for. Yeah. yeah, he
2: seems to be doing some shady shit. Yeah, and he's because like talking to. He has to, a drug problem. Yeah, he right. definitely has a yeah.
1: heroin problem, which, woof. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. And he's also like
0: just like snorting cocaine in his office. Yeah. Like He's about to go into a meeting.
1: <laughs> I don't know how that guy didn't know oh, he was doing cocaine because his face was so red when he's yeah. like, hey, you have a meeting? He's
3: like, yeah, <laughs> I'll be there. It's like, holy shit, dude. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah, that's, I think, where a lot of the money was going. I mean, he also was supporting his wife and their kind of, like, nice lifestyle. Because they lived in New yes. York and had a nice apartment. Right. And, he, you know, but on top of it, he was doing lots of drugs.
1: Yeah, and he wanted to move, to, I think, to Brazil because mm-hmm. they don't extradite for financial crimes. Yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and on top of it, he was clearly planning this whole robbery. So, yes. you know, if he had been involved in the robbery, then they moved straight to Rio, then they would have been...
1: Okay, yeah, yeah. As long as no one was murdered in it, I think they do extradite for murder. Mm, yeah. Maybe I'm not sure.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know my I'm not sure. extradition laws that, that well. Law. <laughs> yeah,
1: Marissa like right. Tomei does for some reason because <laughs> yeah. she saw a
2: movie. Yeah, the the, the reason they gives that they both saw the same movie. Yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty funny. It yeah. was very funny. I yeah. wonder
0: if it was the producers, because that's the plot point in the producers. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. In,
2: the, in the original or the new one or both?
0: Definitely in the new one, maybe in the original. Because okay. I've seen the
2: original, but I haven't seen the new
0: one. Yeah, in the new one, it's like Matthew Broderick, I think, and Uma Thurman um, moved. They, so they do the whole thing, and then Nathan Lane is like... Uh, being tried for you know fraud Mm -hmm. and um but then matthew broderick and uma thurman i think get away and move to rio and so then they like then during the trial they come in and they look like they've been in rio recently (laughs) 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 like they're very tan tan. (laughs) vacation looks you know um but then they both go to to prison in the end of that movie because he came back
1: i've never seen it Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. Please, you should not apologize for spoiling a very old movie. Yeah, it's great. Even the new one is old at this point. That's true. It was
0: 2006, around
2: this time. Oh, wow. Also, The Producers is not the kind of movie that... Like knowing the plot is gonna ruin for you. you yeah, that's I mean? true. Yeah, like it's such an experience. It's, yeah, it's, I think it's, f- it's like funny. It's, it's. I think
0: knowing, hearing the songs before it might be, it might spoil the experience. <sighs> okay. So okay. definitely go in cold on the music. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. guys big
1: musical people. Big comedy musical people.
0: I I am a big musical fan. Okay. And yeah. I'm a fan
2: of the producers. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Stinks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, that was bad. it seemed very pointed.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um yeah oh so we should say their names Ethan Hawk's name is Hank yeah. uh which I think is relevant because um it's a it's a real Ethan Hawk kind of name like okay. you know yeah. we <laughs> we talk a lot about the the names of the his Jake's, characters because he's a, yeah he's a Jake he's a Jack he's a Hank you yeah. know um yeah. and also in Before Sunset the second one in that series okay. um we find out that his son's name is Hank Oh wow yeah oh,
2: so I didn't think of that yeah Yeah
0: um so you know it really fits with his vibe um and so yeah and then philip seymour hoffman's name is andy yes is fine yeah it's, it's an okay name <laughs> yeah it's fine um so yeah so ethan hawk's character hank has a daughter and he's divorced and his ex-wife is played by amy Amy ryan big fan yeah she's big great. fan
1: she's so great she's so good one of my favorite character actors
0: mm-hmm. yeah um yeah, I think she's maybe most famous for her role in The Office. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she's just in movies all the time. She's amazing.
1: Check her out in uh, Gone, uh, Not Gone Girl, uh, Gone Baby Gone. Oh, she plays the mother that. of the missing child and has a fantastic Boston accent. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I haven't seen it.
0: Nice. Yeah, we're coming up on a, on a big Boston Ethan Hawke movie.
1: Oh,
2: which one?
0: Um, what Doesn't Kill You? With Mark Ruffalo. Yes. And Donnie Wahlberg. Yeah.
1: Oh, my God. Yes. I remember this movie.
0: I've never seen it, so I'm excited. Yes. But, yeah. So. Oh, and then we find out that Ethan Hawke is also having sex with Marissa Tomei. Yeah. yeah. Too Shocking. much. Shocking. Too much. That was, yeah, that was a lot. They were both so naked in that scene. They were. Yeah. yeah. She's
2: naked in a lot of this
0: movie. She is. She With yeah.
2: well, the Almost. first half. And then.
0: hmm Yeah.
2: The mom dies and she's wearing, like, black
1: <laughs> once the mom dies she's stopped being naked
0: yeah, yeah. it's a mood killer <laughs> yeah and there was a there was a fun interaction between Ethan Hawke and Marissa Tomei in that scene though where Ethan Hawke says I love you I want more and then mm-hmm. she says so does Oliver Twist yeah and that was like oh, okay yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's also just like how is that relevant to this conversation yeah I think Marissa Tomei's character game is that she's trying to let us know that she's well read like she knows a lot about things <laughs> she's seen movies yeah. she's read books
0: yeah that's true,
3: that's true. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah um yeah and then ethan hawk goes to see his daughter in a play and we just saw uncut gems yes oh so wow. oh my was, god yes yeah, yeah. so yeah. i was thinking about uh, that that scene where uh adam sandler goes to see his daughter in the also play. part
1: of the movie takes place in the diamond district as well yes
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. lots of connections it was it's very crazy. relevant <laughs> yeah. i'm glad that we, glad saw, we it. saw it yeah yeah
2: yeah because we did not see uncut gems like with this movie in mind at all we just wanted to see it yeah, yeah.
1: um
0: yeah.
2: yeah
1: i Just, may never go to the diamond district now seems like an
0: extremely <laughs> dangerous yeah, place yeah yeah and then we were walking yeah, through downtown yeah, yesterday day, and we yeah. were jo- walking we through, the through the jewelry district the, yeah. Yeah. oh wow yeah were you
1: guys afraid being like one of these jewelers is up to some shady shit <laughs> yeah i did think about it <laughs> it's hard not to like kind of yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> stereotype jewelers <laughs> hey i do it all the time yeah, now they're
0: all doing crimes yeah <laughs> And so then the Jewelry Star, we find out then at this point, like we've gone back in time to before the the heist and we know that it's belongs to the Ethan Hawke and Philip Seymour Hoffman's parents. Yeah. Which is like I can kind of it's. I can kind of see the logic there. Yeah of, yeah, of of doing this crime. Yeah,
1: it was supposed to be it was supposed to be Ethan Hawke robbing it. Yeah. It was gonna be victimless yeah. because the place is insured. insured yeah, you know. Yeah.
0: It all does track. It just yes. all went so wrong. Just, yeah,
1: a few things went wrong <laughs> <laughs> for some very silly reasons.
0: Yeah, and one of those things is that Ethan Hawke loops in his friend Bobby, yeah. who's played by Brian F. O'Byrne, who is a big character actor. Very
1: big character Yeah, actor.
0: but I think I know him mostly from Mildred Pierce, that mm. miniseries. He was very good in that.
1: He seems to always play, like, crooks a lot.
0: Yeah, totally. Um yeah so he was pretty good in this movie I thought he just really like played this character yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: but yeah he basically brings a gun so they're driving to do this crime and he yeah. pulls out a gun and that's the part where he should have been like listen you can't bring that gun or we're not doing yeah. this yeah mm-hmm. please but use he, this fake gun that I yeah. Have. yeah But he does not do that he says just don't shoot anyone yeah <laughs> which is like, the guy brought a gun. Yeah. You really fucked yeah. this up. Yeah,
1: he's listening to death metal before he goes in. <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah, I think like he's, he's gonna done shoot this somebody. a time or two. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, and then what was interesting about seeing it the second time is that so the first time we're like inside the jewelry store mm-hmm. and we see all of that happen, but then the second time we're just in the car with Ethan Hawke. Yeah. He turns off the death metal. He like turns on his uh, his indie music. Yeah. His uh, easy
2: uh, listening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and South then Rock.
0: yeah, he's like sitting there like really anxious, and it's and uh, then the gunshots and every like, we hear the gun like three gunshots I think, and so each time there's a gunshot, it like cuts to a closer zoom of his. face yeah, and Brad. it gets real close, and the
1: shot gets more and more blown out each time, which I thought was mm-hmm. such an interesting cinematography choice. Yeah, yeah, I think that some of the editing decisions
2: in this movie felt like of this time. For I sure. think they work for this movie, uh-huh. yeah. but there's definitely things that like you wouldn't, you just wouldn't, you wouldn't do, do now. now. Yeah, the major thing is that every time they jump back in time, they do this like effect where you see the person now and you see them the way they were before, and it, like, sort of flips back. Oh, like, you yeah. have one of those, like, flipper things. Yeah. And it flips back and forth, mm-hmm. and then it lands on where they were before. Yeah. And every time that ha- And there's, like, a sound to it, too. Like, it makes like, like a tape recording. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and every time they jump back in time, they do that. Which is, like, obviously... It's obviously a choice, because it isn't necessary. Mm-hmm. They could have just because they, they also back. provide the just
0: cut and said four days before exactly they yeah. provide yeah. the
2: cat they provide the timeline each time they do it so they don't yeah. have to do it it was just like a
1: choice yeah which I think
2: it works for this movie but again like it's not something you would do now
1: no now you just jump back and yeah you wouldn't even have the um the the lower third explaining whose yeah. time period it was you would just let the audience infer that yeah. I think now we'd trust an audience enough but
2: like Sydney did women. not trust
1: us he was just like these idiots won't <laughs> get it
3: <laughs>
2: yeah yeah the, other, yeah. the, the, the movie that it kind of made me think of was like Vantage Point
1: I don't know if you. Yes. Yes. Yeah. oh my god yes I remember Vantage yeah. Point is that Point Dennis Quaid was... mm mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah
2: and it's like it sort of focuses on a central event which is like this terrorist attack at like a Speech, it's like a speech or something yeah, yeah. for the like president a right? or a game or something yeah. something like yeah. that some some big event where there's a lot of people and they're jumping back and forth and trying to figure out uh i guess they just go to each different person's vantage perspective bef- yeah. Yeah. yeah vantage <laughs> point before before the explosion happens yeah. yeah yeah and i think this movie maybe did this a little more effectively because with vantage point it does start to wear on you because you see this explosion happen multiple times, like 12 times. Like it happens a (laughs) lot. And at a certain point you start to be like, you just get a little tired of it, of watching it happen over and over. Um, And I think like from a movie making perspective, it's like an interesting effort. But I think it didn't work as well as here where it's like, because the events each time they go back are different. You know, you see a different mm-hmm. thing happen each time. So yeah. it, it doesn't it doesn't really wear on you the same way that mm-hmm. it does in Vantage Point.
1: Yeah, it's almost like they're giving you a new piece of the puzzle and like the movie operates yeah. like where you're just like, Oh, okay, I'm seeing the picture a little bit more clearly. And I think also with Vantage Point, one of the things that bothers me is that these people really have no reason to be connected otherwise other than the fact that they were all in this explosion yeah, that's together. True. Yeah. Where in this movie it's like you're seeing three all members of this members. family. Yeah. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. that's a good point.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, it kind of reminded me of because I feel like with like early digital movies and I'd still qualify this as like early digital because that's like 2000 to like 2008 maybe qualifies and um, What reminded me of was time code, which is a movie that came out in like 2000 Mm -hmm. Um, which plays with time in a kind of different way where it's in real time And so you're seeing the whole thing happen in like four different like cctv cameras. Oh, wow. So Um, yeah, but I feel like, like, during this era of early digital, like, a lot of people were interested in, like, how time works in yeah. movies, Like, 24 was, like, a very yeah. popular show that
1: was in right, real right. time. <laughs>
3: right, yeah.
0: Yeah. Just because it's, like, you know, there are a lot of things that you can do with digital where you're limited on film, like, you, yes. you know, like, who's going to shoot something in real time on film? Because no that scene, you have to do the whole thing, yeah, like, right, you know, right. um, but yeah. Yeah,
2: and even just before Sunset. It's a similar thing where yes. it, it takes place, the events start when the opening frame starts and end when the, mm-hmm. you know, it's happening as it goes. So. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Crazy Richard Linklater.
1: <laughs> what
2: would the Richard Linklater version of this movie be?
0: Ugh, I'd talk it, somehow if, more. <laughs> hey, yeah. We'd
1: start with Ethan Hawke as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
0: Yeah, the the flashbacks would go to like in utero. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'd see them as old men as mm-hmm. well. And it would yeah. be 6 hours long. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was wondering what kind of like business do you think they work in? Ethan Hawke and Philip Seymour Hoffman, they work in the same office yeah. and Philip Seymour Hoffman is in accounting and Ethan Hawke seems to just have like a desk job. I, that think was, it was I think oh, you mentioned right. that. it was real yeah. estate when yeah, yeah, he's, like, yeah.
1: arguing with Marissa Tomei mm-hmm. when she doesn't believe his Rio plan.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, yeah.
1: And that was, like, that would be what he would be good at in Rio is real mm-hmm. estate.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, so one of the, like, other storylines separate from the whole robbery thing is that the company is being audited. Yeah. yeah. And so since Philip Seymour Hoffman is in accounting, he's, like, the first person that's going to, you know, the auditors are going to be questioning and yeah. talking to um, and this is a problem because we know that he's been, you know, embezzling. Yes, yes, yeah. 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 Yeah And then this is also when we see him go he goes to his drug dealer who lives in this beautiful apartment <laughs> yeah,
2: insane. It apartment. was so yeah. wild
0: Yeah, so like the drug dealer is like the kind of like androgynous man who's yes. wearing a beautiful yeah. robe and yes. has great hair Yes. and uh and you know it's like by appointment only you yeah. come in and he'll shoot you up with like really nice heroin or something. Yeah. And yeah. he has
1: a nickname for all of his clients, right? He, like he calls him Tonic mm-hmm. Water.
0: Oh, I missed that. I missed that. Yeah. yeah interesting. Mm-hmm.
1: But he looks like a geisha like the way that he dresses. Like it reminds me a little bit of like, you mm-hmm. know, like he's wearing it's like a is that a kimono that he's wearing?
2: Yeah. It's sort of. Yeah, sort it's like of, a yeah. Sil- silky Silk robe with like kimono. a print. Yeah.
1: So it's kind of like a kimono, yeah. Mhm.
0: Yeah, and then after when when he's like waking up from his like heroin days he goes on this whole like rambling thing about how everything in accounting is so great because everything adds up which yeah. way whichever way you're adding and uh but like for him all of the pieces of himself don't add up yeah, it's like, Right. like yeah. and then the, yeah. <laughs> and the drug dealer's like get yourself a wife or a therapist and he's yeah. like i have a wife he,
2: yeah he just does not care about like any of the thing's yeah.
0: problems
1: yeah he really doesn't yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean I imagine from his perspective, uh everyone is probably complaining to him and he's just like, I just want to give you guys drugs. Like yeah. please yeah. stop telling me about your lives. Yeah, this yeah. is
0: a business exchange, not a relationship. Yeah. You know. Yeah. He probably should get a therapist. That, yeah, that might have <laughs> Maybe changed some things, some things in this movie. I so I think yeah. I
1: think that's kind of what Marissa Tomei hints at later is that mm-hmm. like
0: she he's taking
1: out a lot of his bullshit onto her. And it becomes clear that I think that like a lot of his bullshit stems from the fact that his dad was an extremely mean person to yeah. both of them,
0: right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, just like never loved him really. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the dad, so this is around the time that we get to see what happened for him that day, right? Um. So he drops his wife off at the store, and she wasn't supposed to be working. It no. was supposed to be like a, de- a
2: like an another old lady who mm-hmm. is not a member of the family, but just like probably family friend who works there yeah and she she had to like babysit or something she had like yeah. some, some, some menial
1: thing that yeah. she just yeah. couldn't be there for and he wasn't working because he had to get his eyes tested because you like a driving test because right. today yeah. was his birthday
0: yeah
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh man what a rough day yeah yeah, yeah.
0: So, yeah, and then he goes to take his driving test, and when he comes back, there's, like, cops and, mm-hmm. you know, ta- caution tape all over. And, um, yeah, and his wife's been shot, and the whole thing went down.
2: Yeah, and she's still alive. She's yes. still
0: alive, but she is in the ICU, like, on life support. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and he ends up having to make the decision mm-hmm. to... To
0: leave her on or take her off life support. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And it's, it's Philip Seymour Hoffman who's, like, really pushing him to take her off life support.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Not Do you think that was because Philip Seymour Hoffman was just like, like the longer that she's on, it's just his constant reminder of the guilt? Like I, I was trying I think to wonder so, why he yeah. was like so I think gung so. ho about it.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I think also it's expensive oh, to yeah, keep someone on life support. That is true. Support. That is true. And you know, the more, I don't know, like. I mean, I don't think he was ever going to get any family money, but somehow that I think the money would have been involved in his thought process. Absolutely, like life
2: insurance or something yeah, like that. Yeah, true, yeah. Yeah, and her surviving would also probably complicate things with the robbery. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I was, yeah, there was the whole thing going on. So when Ethan Hawke goes to pick up, bobby from his place his girlfriend is there and awake and sees him and i don't understand how like i okay so i understand from the girlfriend's perspective her name's chris and her brother is played by michael shannon which is so 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 great yeah Yeah. another great character
1: actor in this movie
0: yeah and so i can understand from their perspective that like the police aren't gonna like pay for you know i get that like it's it's expensive to raise a child on your own and also also just burying someone is expensive yeah absolutely. yeah so there's a lot of costs involved and i could understand totally them like extorting ethan hawk for money yeah um but what i don't understand is how i mean not that i have a lot of faith in police in the first place but how they wouldn't have connected that like how they wouldn't have like that like looked up like known this guy's name Like Bobby, right? Because he was Uh there dead at the scene. So they would have had him. I feel like they could have, they did identify him. Yeah. And that, like, why they wouldn't have gone to see what was up with the girl, like the girlfriend who's the mother of his child. Like, I don't know how they wouldn't have gotten to Ethan Hawke from there
1: I think because I just think that she didn't snitch I think it becomes yeah. pretty clear that Bobby was involved in criminal activity mm-hmm. like beforehand Yeah, like they, they talk about how like if Bobby wanted a car for this robbery he mm-hmm. would have just stolen a car right. so right. I think that she and this Michael Shannon is her brother and also carries a gun so I think she's pretty like in the criminal world True. and there's no incentive into going into the like, especially in this situation, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of incentive in going to the police. Because mm-hmm. all you gain is Ethan Hawke in jail. You don't gain any money from that. Yeah. I think that's kind of Michael Shannon's like argument.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it makes sense. And like totally. that's why she approaches Michael Shannon and is just like, you take care of this and their plan I and I think that Philip Seymour Hoffman was right where it the plan was probably gonna be to continue to extort Ethan Hawke for the rest of his life.
0: Yeah. For sure yeah i don't know i just like wish that there was some better investigation by the police but so did albert finney like he like showed up at the, at the yeah. police station every day yeah yeah you know and then ultimately he gets so frustrated that he like backs his car up into yeah, the into, into the, the, the cop thing. car yeah yeah and then he just starts tailing phillips and we're because he finds out that he was involved
2: right yeah and the way he finds out is because so they they the thing is that they they keep leaving. I mean, this is the problem when you're robbing your own family is that <laughs> you know the same people that your family knows. Yes. yes. And so they keep leaving breadcrumbs in these kind of obvious places. So the guy that uh that they go to, so Philip Seymour Hoffman goes to the diamond, the jewel guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. who like fences di- who fences jewels cuz yeah. they're going to rob this place, they need somewhere something to do with these jewels. So he goes to this place and Albert Finney knows this guy, too, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, So and he literally gives
1: him his business card. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it was such a stupid cocky decision. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I think to your point about like uh, uh, the police investigation. I think from a police point of view, this seems like a pretty open and shut case mm-hmm. where the robber dies at the scene True. and there's no indication that there's a second robber. Mm-hmm. Like I think that Albert Finney's convinced that there is cuz he's just like how did this guy from Brooklyn get here?
0: And then the yeah, the car ends up in New York. Exactly. Like, it doesn't make sense.
1: So I think that like I do think that for uh uh um sorry I lost my train of thought for a second. For the police it's like yeah there was a guy he tried to rob and he got killed you just walk away like there's no yeah. point to continue investigating. Mm-hmm. But Albert Finney for some well we know why is he feels like it's not a complete story. Mm-hmm. Right right. And yeah because Philip Seymour Hoffman like you're saying like leaves all these fucking r- ridiculous clues behind. Like it's easy to pretty much sum up their case. Mm-hmm. And also Ethan Hawke did his fair share of yeah. leaving clues behind. Oh him. yeah.
0: Like yeah. he left the that C D yeah. that C D in the car. Um
2: Right. And that was that was again that wouldn't have happened if he hadn't brought another guy along because yeah. that was yes. his his friend's CD yes. mm-hmm. that he put in to play that, like, intense music to get him hyped. And, of course, he wasn't thinking about it because it wasn't even his CD to begin Absolutely. with. Absolutely. And that's why it was left in the car. Yeah. Um,
1: and if he doesn't bring that guy along, Chris doesn't see him in the morning.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, everything would have gone much and smoother. Then,
2: and then Philip Seymour Hoffman's excuse for not going also felt like he was just, he just didn't want to do it. Like, yeah. he, he has this, like, sort of alpha personality. But when it comes to actually doing the thing... He doesn't want to do it. Yeah. And his mm. excuse is that oh he was in that area recently or whatever. But it's not a very airtight excuse because Ethan Hawke is also, he also used to a work known there. face <laughs> in that area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not really it's not really a great excuse. I think he's just able to muscle Ethan Hawk into doing it because he's like that's the, that's his personality. Yeah, and yeah. he's like his older he's brother. He's his older brother, yeah, yeah. 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 And Ethan Hawk even asked him, like well, you know, can't we just wait a few days and then the the person that saw you might not be there or whatever. And he's like, no, no, we have to do it now. Mm -hmm. And the reason he has to do it now is because there's a lot that's on his back. There's this audit, investigation, all that stuff. Yeah, so. there's a
1: ticking time bomb. Yeah,
2: and yeah. like
0: his wife, you know, is very unhappy, gonna leave him. He's like, we can move back to, we'll just live in Rio forever. You yeah,
1: because I think they had a vacation in Rio at some point mm-hmm. where to him is like where their relationship was at its most ideal, yeah. which is so sad, sad. <laughs> that he's just like, if we go back, it'll be the same. But it's like, nah, bro, Yeah. there's some other shit that's like in the way of this relationship being anywhere near good.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the thing that reminded me, the story device that makes me think of Uncut Gems, like besides all the surface similarities with like the jewelry thing and all that stuff, is the like idea that all of these bad decisions start catching up at once. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. it's like a bunch of like really terrible fucking decisions that you think that you can put off down the line but they they're all start catching up at once and they're all somewhat related but they're not all the same people. Yeah. And they're all you know there's a confluence of them all a, a, around the same time. So we have the Michael Shannon thing um who I, I don't think we like explained that much who yeah. he is exactly, but he's the the boyfriend b- of no,
0: the brother of Bobby's girlfriend.
2: Yeah. Right. Yes, yeah. yes. 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 Yeah. yeah, and he's kind of a tough guy. Yeah, he has yeah. some he,
0: fun lines in this movie, though. He says, uh, "My favorite one. I wrote it down. Um, I'm gonna be straight with you, Chico. Do you mind if I call you Chico?" <laughs> yeah,
1: it's,
2: like, <laughs> it's yeah. so good. Yeah. And then he's and then he's later. He says to Philip Seymour Hoffman, "Do you mind? Do you mind if I call you Grom <laughs> <laughs> Or Yeah, Groucha, yeah. Groucha, yeah, like yeah you that. Grumpy. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah.
1: It's such a yeah. He's such a weird, but like he's supposed to be like a wise guy, right? Like he's supposed to be that kind of a thing. And like yeah, he's like threatening Ethan Hawke. Because yeah, Ethan Hawke. I mean, I think his argument is pretty sound, which is Bobby had a way to like Bobby had a responsibility beforehand. Now he's dead because of your actions, so it should become your responsibility. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah,
2: yeah. When they have to get money.
0: Yeah. Also, kind of like uncut gems. Like he owes ten thousand. He needs to give him Michael Shannon ten thousand dollars in two days, or he'll kill him. Yes, You know. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Similar vibes. Right. Yeah.
2: And so he talks to Philip Seymour Hoffman. And their plan is to rob his own drug dealer.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh man! Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah. Which is which is a crazy.
0: That was stressful. Uh, yeah,
2: I think and, my
1: favorite part of that scene is when he sees the other guy on the bed, Oh and right. like. When I first watched it as a kid, I was just like, "Why did he kill that guy?" Mm -hmm. But now I'm like, "Oh, you killed him because you now realize that's what you look like
0: when you're on that
2: guy's bed." Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's like everything that's he doesn't like about himself. Yes, yeah. This guy. Yes.
3: Oh my god.
0: Yeah, it was good. Also, speaking of Philip Seymour Hoffman, like acting, um, that breakdown scene in the car—like you kind of so after (laughs) the funeral, he's like upset because he has this whole exchange with Albert Finney. And Albert Finney like slaps him and then, yeah. ugh, it's yeah. upsetting. And then he's, you know, he's like crying in the car and Marissa Tomei is like, we should pull over. And then he does this whole big monologue where, I don't know, he says a lot of stuff and it's not totally clear to her what he's talking about. Yeah. But like, we know that it's a lot about his relationship with his father and mm-hmm. how, you know, unfair it is that Ethan Hawke is treated better than him and his family, even though he's like a fuck up. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just wrote down acting.
1: <laughs> yeah. That, that I mean, because I think the father does try and apologize, right, for being yeah. a shit dad. But Philip Seymour Hoffman isn't in a place to, like, accept it. And says something rude. And, yeah, Alperfini <laughs> slaps it. It doesn't look like it's a play slap. But it looks like yeah. he yeah, really yeah, slaps, he slaps him. It. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, the way that he breaks out in that car, it's so childish. Yeah. Like, it's interesting how this movie, it, you see, like – both brothers kind of revert to like these like childhood instincts, and like he's like basically like go, It's not fair, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think, like, when you're put
2: in a situation like that, it's like the situation is so foreign to you and it's so insurmountable because they're mm. basically faced against impossible odds, even yes. if they don't get caught, they're gonna have to live with the guilt, yeah, of having been the reason that their mother died, yeah, like. There's, there's nothing else you can do besides like break down and cry. Like, what else is, what else is there to do?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Something that was unclear to me was, do you guys think Marissa Tomei knew about the robbery?
0: I think she had, she suspected.
1: Right cuz she had this guilt about her in mm-hmm. all of the funeral scenes that like I was just like does she know?
0: Yeah cuz he had mentioned something he had told her that like oh I'm going to get the money so we could move to Rio mm. and then she's like how are you going to do that and he said don't ask don't tell. Right. And so when uh, when they saw her in the hospital, I think she c- and and heard what had happened. I think she connected it yeah. and just didn't say anything because yeah. you know it's better if she doesn't know. But she definitely right. knew. But she definitely knew. Yeah,
2: yeah, because yeah. she already knew that he was doing illegal shit. Yeah, and even if she didn't know exactly what it was, she, you know, she she knew that not everything was above board.
1: Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah. So then she leaves him. Uh, Marissa Tome leaves Philip, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and what I really liked about this scene. So they have this whole you know conversation, but and what she I,
2: admits to him that
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. But before that, what I really liked is that. She has these suitcases mm-hmm. and said their apartment has these like two little stairs and she really struggles to get the suitcases up the stairs. And <laughs> yeah, they yeah. like the camera like lingers on that for a while and it's so unnecessary, but it felt really real. And yeah. I did yeah. like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good good choice. Yeah, Sydney. he
1: doesn't notice her for like a while when he comes in the apartment, like when she's mm-hmm. sitting there with two suitcases, he, like goes straight to like clean up his hand because he went to uh Hank's apartment. Right. And oh, that's also another really good detail is that Hank comes back to the apartment and mm-hmm. sees that broken and assumes that it was Michael Shannon, mm-hmm. but it was actually Philip Seymour Hoffman who was like upset with him.
0: Yeah, totally. Yeah. So many good nuggets yeah. because of this like time, you know, where you like yeah. everything is like revealed in an interesting order. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: And I also like how he responds immediately after after she leaves him, because she's she wants him to be mad, but he's just standing there, like, with his arms crossed. And she leaves, and the way he responds after is he just, like, he starts, like, you know, there's, like, there's a bunch of movie scenes where people, like, knock everything off their desks and, oh, like, yeah. smash stuff. Oh, yeah. But he does that, but he does it totally differently. He just it's does like it, like... the most low energy. Yeah, yeah. Yes. He, like, he, like, just very gently knocks things over, like, dispassionately. And there's, like, a jar of, like, Decorative like rocks, basically on his yes. coffee table. He picks it up and just dumps them out very slowly. Turns
0: it over. Everything he does is so slow. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: And I think it kind of hammers like this personality that he has. That he's not. I don't know. Just who he is as a person. You know. It's
1: like controlled chaos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And also like maybe just a little mm-hmm. numbed from how much exactly. Like, yeah. Heroin and cocaine well, yeah. consuming. You know. <laughs> just. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It was just I felt like it was an interesting way to do that kind of that kind of scene that I hadn't really seen before, because I feel like yeah. I said, like you, I've seen so many scenes where people like smash their coffee table, like in rage and all that stuff. But mm-hmm. never I've never seen anything like that where he just yeah. like, lashing out, but like in a very deliberate
1: Slow way and whenever he's doing it the camera like has like a wide on it a little bit where you can see like that Bulls and you're just watching him and you're like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) Yeah Yeah, Yeah. like you're saying like it's such an interesting way to portray anger Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah Yeah So then after that it's that whole sequence where Albert Finney is like following um, right. Philip Seymour Hoffman so he goes to a couple places and then he goes to Ethan Hawk, Hank's play apartment And so they have this conversation and the whole time all I could think is is Ethan Hawke wearing his own clothes in this scene because he's wearing Like <laughs> cowboy boots It's <laughs> <laughs> like why yeah. would this character be wearing cowboy boots? Yeah, There's not really a That's lot true. of reason for it Yeah, um, so I just I feel like maybe they were his own shoes Probably <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. was in his contract. He's like hey, I got to wear my own shoes for one scene
0: <laughs> Yeah um, but yeah, so then they go together, and that's when they, uh, you know, hold up the the drug dealer, um, and then she, Philip Seymour Hoffman shoots the client. Then he takes they take the drugs and the money, and this kind of like, you know, Ethan Hawke is freaking out; he can't yes. handle it. And they take the drugs and the money, and then Philip Seymour Hoffman turns around and shoots the drug dealer. That's just a lot. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And he's the way he does it too is like he's holding the pillow, like, to use as a silencer, and he shoots through the pillow, and this, and he has, like, considerably good aim, considering that he's shooting through a pillow, like, you can't really aim that way. Yeah. And his hands are shaking, you see his hands shaking, he shoots the client in the face, and then shoots the drug dealer, I, I, I think, like, somewhere in the body, but, like, Mm
3: -hmm.
2: presumably kills him, too, so... And then he runs around. And he's like trying to wipe stuff down with his jacket. There's yeah, they're a good constantly deal of, wiping things yeah, there's down. Yeah, a good this deal movie. of wiping stuff down with your jacket, which just doesn't feel like the most effective way. <laughs> no, to No, yeah, it I feel like your
0: hair would be all over that. Yeah, like, he'd probably yeah. still be leaving. Yeah,
2: because oh. uh, Ethan Hawke does that with when he's car. returning the car. Yeah. to the um, the rental place. The rental place. Yeah, and there's the there's a few scenes where he he keeps having to go back there because the manager isn't there because he needs to get the cd back yeah and then he has to show id just like even that just that Mm -hmm. little scene like where it's just falling apart in the smallest Mm -hmm. ways yeah he has to get the cd back and they make him show id but he doesn't have it because michael shannon took it yeah so he's like can you just show a credit card and that's what he does so it's just like all these little things like that just everything is falling down. Yeah, on and top it of feels so
1: stressful, right? Like that scene, yeah. even though all he needs back is a simple CD, you're just like, fuck, this is going to blow up. The cops yeah. are going to show up. And you're yeah, just like, yeah. so stressed out. But it's like, you no, know, he just shows his credit card and he's like, all right, cool. I can get out of here. Um, yeah. Also, bringing it back to that pillow thing, mm-hmm. it, it, I think at some point when he's about to shoot the guy, he like screams into the pillow first and then shoots him, which I thought was such mm-hmm. an interesting mm-hmm. choice.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we're coming up on what I put down as my most Ethan Hawke line of the movie. Okay. okay. Um, there weren't a lot of lines in this movie, actually, that made me really feel like,
1: yeah. you know, this is yeah. Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Um, He's very subdued.
0: Yeah. But when they go to Chris's place to see Michael Shannon and give him the money, um, or not, depending on, you know, what I don't think that was really Philip Seymour Hoffman's plan. Yeah. Right, um, yeah. But so then he yeah so philip seymour hoffman shoots michael shannon and is holding a gun up at chris um and then ethan hawk is like don't do that like if you shoot her you're gonna have to shoot me too and he's like oh maybe that's a good idea yeah
3: right yeah right.
0: um and so then ethan hawk says i'm sorry i fucked it all up just do it go ahead you'll be doing me a favor and i felt like that was the only time where i really saw Ethan Hawke come yeah. through like yeah. you know
3: because he's enough.
1: smiling in that scene like that mm-hmm. was what was like driving me crazy was like he has like this smile on his face and you get the sense of that he's not lying like he is like because you know there are people who say that and it's like a tough guy thing but this didn't feel like that this more this mostly felt like he was definitely could not handle the guilt of everything that he's done not only killing his mother but fucking his brother's wife and robbing from the family and he's just like I don't know, man, this is probably the best option to relief is for you to blow my brains out right here in this apartment. Yeah,
2: and you do see him contemplate suicide earlier where he takes Mm -hmm. his... He has all these pills. Yeah, he has all these pills and he like slowly dumps them all out into his hand. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. But he doesn't get shot.
0: Yeah. Did you guys have any most Ethan Hawke lines from this movie? I
2: didn't really, no.
0: Yeah. It wasn't, yeah, it was kind of a different part for him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I do think that with that line like what really came across is Ethan Hawke to me. Usually we talk about like How like he's sensitive and yeah. that's that's really his biggest characteristic Yeah, um, but I think also what I've been finding is that there's something about like Like honesty mm-hmm. that I think is really Ethan Hawke like yeah. self-awareness and honesty Yeah, vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah, and so um, that this that line just kind of read as all of those things to me. Yeah. Yeah.
2: There was there was one line I wrote down that earlier on in the movie, and this felt like more like something he would say in tape or like mm-hmm. one of his less sympathetic roles, <laughs> yeah. um, where um, Phil Seymour Hoffman says like, it's basically something about like growing a pair, and he says mm-hmm. like, oh, I got him when I need him. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. When they're in that the when they're in the bar. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. I do actually. Now that you mentioned Tape Book, I think that this would be an interesting double feature comparison oh, wow. with Tape. Have you seen that? I have not. That's a early digital, <laughs> um, yeah, and, it looks, and like it, it looks like it. Um, <laughs> but it's Ethan Hawke and Robert Sean Leonard and Uma Thurman, just oh, wow. the three of them in a room together, basically. Yeah. That wow. Hard. That's yeah. the entire movie. Yeah, yeah. it's a lot. It's intense. It's yeah. intense. Not my favorite, but it is an interesting movie for sure.
1: I mean, he's such an experimental guy. It seems like it doesn't seem like he. Uh, I mean, he has been a lot of big movies but it doesn't seem like we'll ever see him in like a marvel movie or anything like that like it seems like he's more interested in these indies where he can really sink his teeth into as an actor
0: yeah Yeah. he has said he wants to be in star wars though really (laughs) yeah that's the only thing i the only big franchise that i think he's interested in wow yeah yeah just because he's a nerd
1: (laughs) yeah that definitely comes across
0: yeah um yeah so
2: yeah so chris uh, shoots oh yeah Phil Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. yeah, and you see that there's a gun, Michael Shannon's gun, that's like sitting in his pizza box.
0: <laughs> he's <laughs> With, a bad gangster. Michael Shannon uh, yeah? is a very
1: bad gangster <laughs> in that he put his gun in a pizza box.
2: Yeah, I think. Well, I think maybe the idea is that because you see him,
0: he was like sitting. Yeah, so it's cool. right. you see, you see Phil Seymour Hoffman right. and
2: Ethan Hawk come in. Michael Shannon's like sitting in this like a lazy boy style like chair, and he's got the pizza box on his lap, and I think the gun is inside, and he has it yes. there just in case. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it. Doesn't end up going that way because they show him the money and so he kind of disarms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. But Philip Seymour Hoffman also doesn't die when he gets shot no no oh, yeah taken to the hospital
0: mm-hmm. and so albert finney's like right outside while all this happens and so then he tries to like drive after he calls out like hank for ethan hawk yeah and he yeah. tries to drive after him but then the ambulance and the cops show up and kind of block him in so yeah. he just has to park again and he watches as they load philip seymour hoffman into the ambulance
1: do you think ethan hawk knew his dad was calling after him that's something that i thought about was yeah. just like when he finally stops running will he be like was that my dad? Like, because like <laughs> it makes no sense that his dad would be there. Yeah. Like to him, at least from his perspective. But like, like I, I, I was always like, who, whose voice does he think is calling after him?
0: I don't know. I kind yeah. of figured that he was like in shock and yeah. he was just in full panic mode. Like, I gotta get out of here, yeah. and maybe just didn't register he, that was didn't happening. Didn't even hear it. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
2: I um, think it's. I think it's possible. I thought about that too. I think it's possible that he heard him, and just like, I gotta go. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we need that uh we need like an after credit scene that cuts yeah. to like a week later <laughs> so that we get to see them interact. Um but yeah, so then Albert Finney goes to the hospital to see Philip Seymour Hoffman and he's you know uh he's alive, like they've done surgery or something, and yeah. uh he's has an oxygen tube mm-hmm. in and um or not in, but like, you know, like what is it, cannula around his nose. Mm-hmm. And um and he's like hooked up to the heart monitor and so what albert finney does he removes the oxygen mask and he takes the leads and takes them off of philip timor body onto his own so it seems like he's alive and he's fine and then he takes the pillow and just like suffocates him
2: yeah it was like and he thought about how to do it too because he he
0: checked with the nurse turns
2: off the monitor for a second yeah turns it back on he says oh the monitor went off for a second so mm-hmm. that he knows that if it goes off for just a little bit, they're not going to think anything's weird. Yeah. yeah. And so in suspicious. that time, it was enough time for him to remove the things and stick them on himself without them getting suspicious. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just strangles him. Yeah. With a pillow. Yeah. 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 And then damn.
0: he leaves the room and he walks down the hospital hallway, but he's like walking into the light. Like it like fills with light. Yeah. This he was an interesting <laughs> yeah. choice. he can go to
1: heaven for a little bit. Oh, until yeah. the devil knows what he's done. That's oh. true. Damn. You did it.
0: You solved the movie. <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: Do you want to know my theory? Yes. Ethan Hawk and Marissa Tomei are in Brazil together.
0: Oh. Yeah, I could see that. That's possible. I can yeah. see that. Yeah, yeah could be. Yeah. yeah. I hope that Ethan Hawk's kid gets to go see the Lion King, though. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. We didn't talk
0: about that, but all she wants is to go on this class field trip to stay in a hotel and see the Lion King on Broadway.
1: My parents would never let me do that at that age. <laughs> like, it's so insane that they're going to go to New York. Well, I guess they don't live far from New York, yeah, right? Like, yeah. They, they live in, like, live
0: in like, you you know, Jersey, Jersey, Jersey or, or something, something like that. Clear,
1: yeah. Yeah, I th- yeah. I assume that his like wife and daughter necklace. live in Jersey or something. Yeah. 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 And, um, Philip Seymour Hoffman does live in the city, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was like I want to go to New York to see Broadway and stay in a hotel. I was like, fuck you, you're like 12 years old. Do I, 12 years old, things.
0: I did do that when I was 13. We went on a school field trip. My my parents were very nice, and uh, I I'm sure it was expensive, but um, we like flew to which direction it was but we, uh, we flew to New York oh wow and we stayed there and we did like touristy stuff you know like <laughs> oh my we gosh. this was this week-long school field trip oh, that's wow crazy. and so we saw, we went to you know I don't know like Central park and museums and stuff and then we did see hairspray on Broadway Wow yeah. okay and then okay. we went to DC and we did touristy stuff there and wow. uh, that's flew a back. Whole, whole well I was adventure. a kid
1: in New York at the time when I was like 12 13 so I <laughs> maybe that's why I'm just like what the fuck like this makes no sense to me. <laughs> So, yeah, I guess it does make sense that you take like a big field trip to see Broadway. That is cool. But would you call your parents a loser if they didn't do it for you?
0: <laughs> no, that's so mean. But also, like, he hadn't paid child support in three months. Yeah, and I'm true. sure, and, and she he, lives and with the he mom. already told
2: her that she could do it. Yeah. yeah. Like, it'd be did one thing if he outright was like, no. Mm-hmm. But he said she could. Yeah. And then went back on it. Yeah. Which, again, I think shows the side of his character where he's just like, he's not assertive enough. He's not strong enough to, like, make these decisions on his own he has yeah. to depend on he can't say no he can't like he, he he's incapable of saying no in this movie. yeah because yeah. he should have just been like there were multiple times where he should have said no he could he could have said no and Philip superhaven was like let's rob our parents like no fuck you they're yeah. our parents yeah he could have said no when the guy pulls the gun out he could have just easily been like no we're not doing this yeah the guy didn't know where they were going yeah he had w- plenty of time to be like fuck this like we're not doing this like this yeah he could have said no to it. Like he just he can't do it. He can't say no. That
1: is such a good good point. Yeah, because even in that scene, the way he says yeah, he's like, well yeah, yeah of course. Like that's how yeah. he like tells her. And it's like clearly he's not going to pay because he doesn't have the money.
2: Yeah, and it's well. also not an insane amount of money that they're talking about. Thirty, it's like hundred thirty or something. Yeah, like, that. like yeah, it's not it's not a crazy amount of
1: money. Yeah. But it just shows like how like broke he is. At yeah,
0: the time. Mm-hmm. yeah, totally. Well, Jonathan, do you have something to share with us? Sure. Is it yeah. About that time, gonna, I gotta grab I'll my gotta grab your laptop. Real quick. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'm <nice>. so nervous.
1: <laughs>
0: it's uh, it's time for a hawk fact. Yeah. Ha! Wow. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to try a hawk noise?
1: Uh,
0: ah! That was good. That was good. Okay.
1: Thank you for letting me do that. That was so fun. <laughs> <All> <laughs> <right>.
0: It's
3: freeing.
1: <laughs> it really
3: is. Yeah. <laughs>
2: So, I was looking into some 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 myths.
0: Oh.
2: Oh, wow. And uh, I found out about Devil Bird.
0: Wait, how is, is myths related to this You're j- We're
2: going to get there. Okay, okay, really? I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, there's some stretches that we need to make. <laughs> okay. all right, let's all just be flexible. A series here. of connections. <laughs> A series yeah. of connections. Anyway, so this bird, this mythical bird... It's called the devil bird. Okay. Oh. For the devil knows you're dead, uh-huh. right? Okay. Um, locally known as ulama, is a cryptid of Sri Lanka. Hmm. So I think cryptid is just uh, it's,
3: it's like, like bigfoot, myth like
2: mythical, yeah. like sort of creatures. That, yeah, yeah. Uh, said to emit blood-curdling, human-sounding shrieks in the night from within the jungles. Oh my God! Yikes. In Sri Lankan folklore, it is believed that the cry of this bird is an omen that portends death. So, not before the devil knows you're dead. Mm. Um, I guess if you hear it, it's too late for you. Basically. Yeah. yeah. The devil mm-hmm. already knows. Um, and so there were a few different theories about what kind of a... Uh, what kind of bird it is. Some There were some that suggested that it could be a forest eagle owl. Um, and then... But they felt that it was more likely that it was a changeable hawk eagle. Mm-hmm. So, it's... In the same family as hawks and eagles, but I think it's its own, basically its own bird. It's called a hawk eagle. It's kind of an interesting name and it has like a sort of, um, it basically, it actually kind of looks like devil horns a little bit. It has like little tufts on top of its head. Oh my God. Can I see a picture? Do you uh,
1: have
0: Yeah, them? sure. Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah. Oh, it does like <laughs> have these little horns on it. Yeah. Why is it called a changeable?
2: I don't. I'm not really sure. It's it's. That it makes me clear anxious. Me. Yeah. yeah. What is it changing into? It's a
0: transformer. I don't
2: <laughs> <know>. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the what the. Because it doesn't Their really etymology. say that much. Yeah. About the. About the name, but yeah. So that, that they. Look
0: it up.
1: I'll wonder forever now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, Changeable
1: hawk eagle? Yeah.
2: Yeah. It has a few okay. different names, though. They call it crested hawk eagle. Oh. Okay. Uh, marsh hawk eagle and Indian crested hawk eagle. But hawk eagle is the
1: the class or the yeah i don't remember any of those do you guys know them can you do them all in Uh, order
0: oh kingdom phylum okay king philip just served us nine so kingdom phylum okay no it's not just served us i'm getting confused with the planet order yeah king philip something something and then grape soda which is genus species (laughs) yeah it's kingdom phylum (laughs) Phylum
2: class order family genus species oh okay
1: kingdom yeah. phylum class kingdom, kingdom
2: phylum, phylum class order family genus species okay
1: yeah Philip, Casually.
3: Ordered. <laughs>
0: Dym- <laughs> uh, what does dimorphic mean i'm looking up the meaning oh okay okay so it's called changeable it is a relatively slender forest eagle with some subspecies being dimorphic, which means, like, two different looks. So maybe, like, from oh, the front or the side wow. it's so slender. Oh. Um, uh, giving it the name changeable. Oh. Interesting. So, yeah.
1: Like one of those, like, paintings where, where you look, look at it, way, yeah, it yeah. looks like an old woman, but then if you look at it another way, it's two guys playing guitar.
0: Yeah. 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 Well, that was a good hawk fact. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks.
1: That was yeah. a deep cut, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Well,
0: we're on episode like 33 or something now, so you got to yeah really dig.
1: Well, that was amazing. I'm very impressed because it did. It did. Look, I, I know that she critiqued you for saying that it was a stretch, but I see it. <laughs> I see the connection.
2: It's got devil in the name, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's a terrifying bird. It is. It sounds scary. Yeah. The myth is that. Uh, is a person in anguish who fled into the
1: forest. Um, so Ethan Hawke would turn into that bird. And then turned into a oh, bird,
0: yeah. as yeah. so he was fleeing at the end. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So there you go. So many connections.
1: <laughs> you are always on it, Jonathan, yeah. despite what she says.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, She's giving
2: me a hard time for some of my hawk facts. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> and it's but hard they, to do, man, it's hard. Episode I know. two, you it's know, it's Hawks lay eggs. It's <laughs> like, come on. <laughs>
0: yeah it's easy because i never have to look up the hawk facts yeah. i'm like dreading well, thank the you day for the assist there though oh yeah yeah um i'm truly dreading the day that you're not on an episode with me and i have to look up my own hawk fact. <laughs>
2: i'll try to source one in advance thank
0: you um how much how long have we been recording i want to see how uh, many reviews i did oh great i'll do a couple so um i pulled up some reviews okay. of the movie from when it came out great um Roger Ebert. He loved this movie. Four stars. Wow. So maybe the highest rated movie we've watched Probably. from him. Yeah. Wow. Um so I just want to read this like opening paragraph in the review because He it's, was
1: still alive?
0: Yeah. And this was 2007. Uh, I don't remember when he died.
1: I don't either. Maybe 2009ish. I don't
0: know. I'll look it I don't up. Know. Um well, because I know he was still alive for, we had talked about this, um, Knowing, which I really remembered. He loved uh, yeah. that movie. He gave it four stars. I <laughs> that was like a terrible Nicolas Cage movie. Yeah, that's yeah. a really bad movie. But yeah. Um, and I think was like 2008. 2013. 2013. Oh, okay. Wow, so yeah, we have some time late. left yeah, with yeah. him. Sometime. Yeah, some um, time. Yeah. But yeah, so he says, "Sydney Lumet's Before the Devil Knows You're Dead is such a superb crime melodrama that I almost want to leave it at that to just stop writing right now and advise you to go out and see it as soon as you can. Wow. I so much want to avoid revealing plot points that I don't even want to risk my usual strategy of oblique hints. You deserve to walk into this one cold. He's
1: right. It is so hard to review this movie without spoiling. Like you said, even the trailer spoils some aspect of it. So yeah, how do you, yeah like i would have a hard time describing this movie to someone to watch i just should just say just go watch
0: it just watch it yeah yeah, yeah. sorry to everyone who's listening to this podcast right <laughs> now who has well, not that's seen kind this of movie our, yet kind of our, that's you know, true we yeah. review movies so. we do review movies yeah. that's what we do <laughs> um yeah so that was that was nice of him that's a very sweet review yeah i'd
1: hope someday someone reviews something of mine like that <laughs> yeah um
0: and then Oh I got an A.O. Scott Review from the New York Times I'm nervous
1: I'm nervous He's a tough critic
0: He is a tough critic Um Let me find a good poll Here I did read this before I just forgot What I was gonna say
1: I believe you I just wanna say That Jonathan's Hawk fact Was extremely prepared <laughs> <laughs> Thank you
0: Yeah That's true And you shitted on him For it <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, this is a pretty positive review, actually. Um, He says... Oh, Harper. (laughs) Uh, Oh. I know. Um, It's a long review. It's a long review. That's why I'm struggling here. But uh, Before the Devil Knows You're Dead, directed by Sidney Lumet from a script by kelly masterson is a chronicle of destruction physical spiritual and moral that most of the victims and most of the perpetrators are members of a single family gives the story some of the suffocating fatalism of an ancient tragedy related to mythology okay okay (laughs) we're
1: stretching (laughs) Um,
0: but the workings of fate figure far less in the narrative than bad choices and unlucky accidents the evil in this world arises not out of any great metaphysical principle but rather from petty permanent features of the human character greed envy stupidity vanity
1: that's great
0: yeah this is this is like a very well written and like positive <laughs> review
1: yeah, that's great yeah. and it kind of really yeah it really captures the depravity of that movie yeah. because that kind of relates back to that speech that uh the Shady Diamond Guy says right mm-hmm. so It's just like there's mm-hmm. just some evil shit in this world and some of it is a lot closer than where you think it is the way that uh, Albert Finney drops on the chair though was very funny when he sees the business card
0: mm-hmm. oh yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and,
1: and that guy just keeps saying his name.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Al hes like, such a good actor. I like yeah. watching him. He's, like, so real, but also, like, larger than life he at the is. same time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's very good. Like,
1: when he sizes up the police car and then runs into it, you're just like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, and there was also a great, a positive review from The Atlantic, too. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, everyone loves this movie. Okay, good. Yeah, good. it has, like, a... I looked... Uh, I forget what it had on Rotten Tomatoes. I had like an 88 or something That's fantastic. Tomatoes. I'll yeah. take that. Yeah. I'll take that. It's I was worried out. that it was
1: going to be a... Like, you know, there are these movies that can be like really good, but they'll still get like a 76, 75 from critics because they're like mm-hmm. up their own ass about whatever reason. <laughs> I was worried about this. I was worried about
0: this. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. We were, talking, I was, we were talking about this a little bit yesterday about like the Rotten Tomatoes, the way that it kind of works. Right. Yeah. Because it's different than like because Metacritic, they sort of aggregate like the values, right? So like three out of five, they take that, add it with all the other Mm -hmm. numbers. But Rotten Tomatoes, my understanding is that it's more or less just like, is this a positive review or is this a negative review? Yeah. And which is why you get these kind of extreme Rotten Tomatoes reviews where it's like you'll have 100%, even if like the review is like, you know, seven and a half out of 10, that's added to the positive column. Yes. So Rotten Tomatoes is kind of a weird...
1: Weird metric for yeah. for measuring movies. And yeah, so then you can have like a pretty decent movie, but it'll get like a sixty-eight percent or right. something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Versus like, yeah, I think Metacritic is a lot a better little cleaner, value. Yeah. yeah, but it's just not as well marketed as Rotten Tomatoes is. Yeah, no one's putting up a Metacritic score on their trailers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: I'm gonna see if there are any funny letterbox reviews of this movie real quick. Yeah. See if Josh
1: Trank wrote one.
0: Who's Josh Drank?
1: He just wrote a Letterbox review of his own movie, Fantastic Four, <laughs> uh, where he uh, like kind of uh, absolves himself for how bad that movie was.
0: The new one? Yeah. Oh,
1: interesting. He goes, what would this movie look like if the studio didn't get in the way? And I'm like, go fuck yourself, dude. <laughs>
0: I feel like that's what everyone says. <laughs> like J.J. Abrams and, and Dominic yeah. Monahan's yeah. like, release the Abrams cut, you know? Yeah, everyone yeah, yeah. wants to release the...
1: Oh, J.J. Abrams kind of absolving himself for how bad this new Star Wars is. Yeah, a little bit. A, okay, to, yeah. buddy. No one's falling for it. <laughs> I'm sure Colin Trevorrow feels the same. Sorry, I'm nerding too hard. I'm nerding too hard, guys. I got I gotta dial it back.
0: Oh yeah, I was gonna say I was gonna start yelling at Damon Lindelof,
1: like, "How dare you not do a second season?"
0: Oh, Watchmen? He's not doing a second season? No, he thinks oh. he
1: can't top it.
0: Oh, oh well. Fucking that's
1: f- <laughs> I'm <just> kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think it's the right choice. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, I think a lot of shows would benefit from not yeah. having more. I, res- I respect, yeah, that. I respect I haven't, that. I haven't
2: yeah. seen Watchmen. I've heard great things. Fair. great. But, um, mm-hmm.
1: Wait, you haven't seen
2: it? We I haven't, haven't watched it, it yet, no. 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 I know. We don't
0: have that. We're not on that HBO live. Yeah. We have everything else except for HBO. I
1: would lovingly give you guys an hbo password wow so we can watch watchmen absolutely and look i mean but the trade-off is i'm gonna make you guys watch so much stuff oh yeah no we'll do it we'll do it yeah Yeah, yes Uh, in exchange for a paddington 2 themed party
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm gonna i'll have to find a time to do maybe your your birthday party will just be the paddington (laughs) don't do that to his birthday
1: (laughs) let him have his own birthday party
0: uh, yeah honestly on letterboxd it's like a lot of really long loving reviews of this movie a lot it, of people really like it it seems
1: like a film nerd movie yeah like it seems yeah. like a movie i'd have a very here's how i decide a film nerd movie will i have a hard time getting my girlfriend to watch uh, <laughs> so I, think I mean that,
0: reasonable like i what is well okay so like jonathan had me watch um the departed a oh. long time ago, and truly, I did watch it and do not remember a single thing about it. How is that possible? Can't tell you. Ugh,
1: I'm stressed. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm going to watch it again. but No, it is day. one of
1: those, like, there are, like, these film boy movies where, like, I think Godfather's one of them where you're like, you yeah. got to watch it, and the girl's like, all right, I'll suffer through this movie.
0: I did watch The Godfather. That's a good one. You liked it? Yeah, oh, I watched okay. that in high school in a film class. The yeah. Departed
2: has, like, a very shocking... Moment at the end of the I know, movie. and you yes. keep like
0: the elevator thing, and I'm like, I yeah. don't know what How? that is. Come on. I know, yeah.
2: when I Come saw on. That, when I saw that the first time, I was genuinely like, holy shit.
1: Yes. Yeah. That was another movie that I saw via. I saw this movie, mm-hmm. uh, Pulp Fiction, and The Departed all through YouTube. Mm, oh, wow. wow. Mm-hmm. And actually, because I saw The Departed on YouTube, the entire time was just like, why? How is Mark Wahlberg in so many places at once? Because I thought Mark Wahlberg and Matt Damon were the same person. Oh. <laughs> the quality was so bad. That's I was like, funny. he's uh, he's everywhere. That's funny. <laughs> That's
2: funny. This actually something that made me think about this movie f- after watching it. That made me also think about The Departed. Mm. Was the 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 fact that Marissa Tomei is also sleeping with Ethan Hawke yeah made me think of how uh, Vera Formiga is sleeping with both Leonardo DiCaprio and Matt Damon and Matt Damon oh. which it feels a little bit unnecessary to me to yeah. be honest uh-huh. like yeah. it feels a little bit like okay we have this like basically this woman character who just serves as like a plot device mm-hmm. yeah. for like these for the men's problems. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. like, Marissa, the, the way that her character ends up playing out in this movie is that she just ends up being like the vehicle for which the tensions between Philip Seymour Hoffman and Ethan Hawke come to a head where basically he points the gun at his face. And it she doesn't really feel like that there's that much to her character ultimately, to be yeah. honest. No,
1: it's a very good point.
2: And, like, to take Uncut Gems as, like, a counterexample, like, I felt like both the... Julia Fox and... Yeah, um, and Adina uh, Menzel were, like... They were, like, strong, like, kind of developed characters absolutely. with their own sort of ambitions, their absolutely. own sort of goals that, like, could not be just trampled over. They had their own shit, like... They had on. their own
1: wants and stuff like that. Yeah, which Even is, though I do know that female film Twitter takes uh, great uh, offense to the... Uh, Self the dirty selfie scene. I don't know if you saw Jamie Loftus's tweet about oh, no. how she feels like that is incredibly and it's not very serious. Uh, it just she's just like, What girl is actually taking like a dirty picture <laughs> 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 and like into it? <laughs> oh, I did see that, and that yeah. hurt my feelings. I was like, What? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Women <laughs> don't get off on sal- sending selfies, yeah, yeah,
1: that's funny. Um, uh, but no, I did feel like Marissa Tomei's character was like. Not only like not only underrated, but like, yeah, like if you remove her from the plot, it doesn't break the movie at yeah. all. Like yeah. Philip Seymour still has plenty of reasons to be upset with Ethan Hawk. Yeah, exactly. Um yeah yeah and then i did like at the end of the movie when i saw it was like written by kelly masterson i was like why would a woman write a character so underdeveloped and i was like I was oh it's that just that a too. guy's yeah, name yeah yeah i thought it was a woman
2: too i was thinking about that too i was like this feels like not something that a woman would have written <laughs> yeah was, like, okay yeah there we go yeah
1: it's a dude is this a dude named kelly yeah he's getting jobs with it he's just like oh well, kelly got this job
0: sorry i'm doing a quick back-dulk. Uh, test count. Oh boy. Because this movie, of Ethan Hawke of movies? Ethan Hawk movies that we've done so far. Yeah uh-huh.
1: um, mm. I don't think this mm. movie will make it. Maybe. Yeah, I don't think Do
0: so think taking lives counts I think we talked about this on the show because we had Caitlyn Durante with us. So oh, of course wow. we talked about it I don't think it does honestly
2: Yeah, I think it does either because yeah.
1: I couldn't tell you the name wait Ooh. Ooh. I can name two women I don't think they ever talk to each other though. In taking lives. Oh no! In this in movie.
0: This oh, in one. this movie, yeah. This... I don't think they talk in this movie. Well,
1: because we have the mother, who,
2: I guess, the only person she ever talks to in this movie is Albert Finney. Yeah, oh, and, Albert and Finney. the robber. Yeah, yeah, but she's out for most of it. Yeah, and then we have the sister. Who, I don't know her name. I don't know her name either cuz she's <laughs> she's barely she's not really relevant to the plot at she, whatsoever. She, she, she just kind of appears. Three lines, yeah. yeah. She just kind of appears in some family scenes. Yeah. Like it really felt like it could have just been I think it would have been more effective if it was just these two brothers.
1: You don't think she would need it to be there to say, he's going to work while his mother's in the hospital? You don't think that was necessary to the plot of the movie?
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah. So I'm at six out of 38. Well, now then we got to add one for that one too. So uh-huh. I'm at like six out of 40, I think, past the Bechdel test. Wow. Of, Not good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Ethan, what are you Ethan, doing? he's making
0: some choices. What are you
1: doing, Ethan?
0: He just needs to choose some, some, you know, like I understand that he does a lot of like pretty masculine movies. Like that's yes. just kind of his MO. Yeah, that is definitely his MO. And also like the before movies, which are like, you just know, two just people. two people yeah. talking. It's yes. just him and Julie Delpy talking. Um, but yeah, I wish that he had some, you know, some more women movies. Movies with women. <laughs> yeah
1: do you think that we're gonna have an after the devil knows you're dead in the same way that we have before sunrise and sunset and <laughs> oh, then oh my god, god. And it's gonna be later that the devil know like you know three of them and it's all different time uh, periods of their lives
0: yeah well it would just be i mean the only people well rosemary harris well she dies in this movie so you can't really have her she's still alive but then ethan Hawke and marissa Tomei would be the only characters left yeah you know? damn that's true because albert finney and philip seymour hoffman are both dead
2: yeah damn IRL, so. Oh really? Albert yeah. Finney has passed.
0: Mm-hmm. Mercy. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but I mean, Philip Snow Hoffman also dies at the end of this movie. So. That's true. So we don't need him alive. Yeah. Yeah, and you could just have like Ethan Hawke and Mercer Tomei and then Albert Finney has. We'll say that his character has died of like natural yeah. causes. Yeah. His Cause father passed on. Like, you yeah.
0: Know, Fifteen years. Yeah, yeah. and then. Yeah.
2: I don't know what that movie would be, though. Yes. <laughs> Amy, Amy
0: Ryan could be in it.
1: Amy Ryan could be in it.
2: Maybe the daughter's she- grown up and like maybe yeah, played yeah, yeah. by
0: Florence Pugh or something. You know. Oh, I
1: like this. Maybe yeah. and then maybe Ethan Hawke is coming back to America for the first time oh, since yeah. he's Running been in Rio, and he's yeah. trying to reconnect with his daughter, oh. and his daughter wants nothing to do with him.
0: I like yeah. this. This is a good movie. You should write it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm busy. <laughs> and his
2: daughter also robs. uh Theaters because she feels spurned <laughs> by never having been able to go. <laughs> she to never c- got to see the line. <laughs> <laughs> she robs theaters now. Oh my gosh! Incredible. I love this. I love this so much. <laughs> the dumbest plot I've ever. Yeah.
3: Uh,
0: well. That was good, guys. Uh, Edgar, thanks for coming to oh, talk to us. Thank you so much
1: for having me. What a lovely conversation yeah, about film. Yeah, this was so fun. You guys seem to really enjoy films, and I really like that about both of you.
0: Yeah, I like thank movies. You. I yeah, I went to school for that. <laughs> uh, sure. Now I do nothing.
1: Did you guys meet in film school?
0: Uh, we went to the same like university, College, yeah. but I went oh, to okay. film school and he did uh, politics. Oh yeah. wow! Yeah. So yeah.
1: What do you think about the politics of this movie? <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's anything explicitly. Well, because
0: you focused political. on Latin American politics, That's so true. It really is, yeah. So I yeah. should know. I should you know, should know the more extradition about the non-extradition <laughs> policy. Yeah. Although
2: you, you know, it's not really <laughs> directly related to a country's politics necessarily. That's but true. I mean, it actually, kind of, it is actually because it a lot of it comes down to how a country feels about another country. Yeah. Like. Like Ecuador, I actually did study Ecuador a bit, and like they 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 that's a country if you're running from the United States for a long time that was a good country to go to because oh, they wow. would not extradite to the u s because mm. they just didn't like they not unreasonably they saw like u s as just like an imperial power so they were just I kind mean, of like yeah. as much as they could be like we don't want anything to do with you so there's actually quite a few countries in Latin America it changes with the governments because like yeah. obviously mm-hmm. sometimes like a more like a right-wing person more sympathetic to the US will come in um and they might change the rules but they for a long time there there's quite a few countries in Latin America that you could go to get away with pretty much cuz that's actually where Ecuador I pr- I could be wrong but I'm pretty sure Ecuador is actually where uh Edward Snowden was trying to go mm. wow yeah and he got stuck in Russia basically he wasn't trying to go he wasn't trying to be in Russia. Mm-hmm. He was trying to go to Latin America. But he was trying to go through Russia. He was trying to go through Russia, mm-hmm. yeah. And he got stuck there. And that's why he's still there. Yeah, it's so. Remember
0: when those connecting flights don't work out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah he just
2: missed the he connection. Just, he just yeah. wanted to hop out, yeah. go to the Cinnabon in
1: the Russian <laughs> airport, Yeah, just got, yeah. Stuck, he just there. got yeah. stuck there. He uh, yeah. just got stuck there. You know, that makes a lot of sense that Latin America would have kind of this, you know cold relationship to the united states considering that the united states spent like the late 20th century just constantly toppling their governments for that reason yeah yeah um which is all a part of before the devil before (laughs) the devil knows you yeah that's true that's the subtext of the movie
0: yeah yeah well i've been harper you can follow me on the internet at harping about on twitter and instagram and TikTok. Letterboxd. I'm not on TikTok, but the podcast oh, is on okay. TikTok. You can oh. follow Hawkeye's Pod <laughs> on TikTok and uh, Twitter and Instagram. Um, yeah, and something I've been enjoying in pop culture outside of Ethan Hawke. Oh wow! Is um, I'm gonna say Little Women, the movie and the book.
1: <sighs> Fantastic movie. Yeah, it was I a went great movie. into it upset that Anna had dragged me there and then I <laughs> walked out of it being like, Holy fuck, what a good movie. <laughs> yeah, it was so
0: good. I mean I did uh oh that's great. What part?
1: When uh when she goes.
0: To when, oh, when... uh huh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. For sure. It got me. Um yeah. So it got me good. Yeah, I have been listening to the audio book. It's a long hecking book. Yeah, it's a long book. It's like a nineteen-hour audio book, which Jesus is like Christ. twice as long as I'm a moral book. I'm out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I've been doing that, and it's like very pleasant. I have to stop because it's a lot about like morals. You're like taught a lesson at the end of each chapter. Yeah, and um, which I think is like Greta Gerwig did a good job of like taking this like source material that's kind of very neat. Mm-hmm. and making it a little bit more complicated so. and um, yeah. a little less like
1: didactic
2: yeah, yeah.
0: exactly so yeah especially little
1: how she presents the information i mean a lot like before the devil mm-hmm. before the devil knows you're dead she does it out of order yeah yes and the book is very in order yeah yeah so yeah
0: jonathan where can the people find you and what have you been enjoying outside well, of Ethan Hawke?
2: Uh, you can find me on instagram at john's Avaletta, and i realize now that we're talking about letterbox. maybe i should plug my letterbox that has one one movie uh, i think oh, am i john's i, I made you john- I think, did I, have i plugged it before
0: um i don't know but just do it okay. i think you're john's avaleta
2: am i john's Avaletta?
0: i don't know you should be branded branded <laughs> okay the reason yeah.
2: that i sometimes do jonathan and sometimes do john is because jonathan's avaleta is surprisingly taken in a lot of places wow yeah he's so,
0: jonathan's your john's avaleta jonathan's Avaletta six on um, my gmail yes yes yeah. which i made wow. a long
2: time ago when I was making the jump from MSN to DCL. <laughs> Oh. I remember so, that jump. Yeah. Oh, um,
0: did you want me to check your letterbox for you? <laughs> <laughs> Since I'm this capable. is a sweet. This is yeah. a sweet moment. I like this moment. <laughs> um. Oh my gosh! Come on. John, Apple a...
2: Uh, I'm gonna say a thing I've been enjoying. Have I talked have we talked you about are John Zavile? John Zavala Oh, on
0: you've watched albums. four films. Oh I have? Good job. Oh,
2: so I've been logging them since we started. Not
0: really. Just Portrait of a Lady on Fire and Climax.
2: What
1: did you think about Portrait of a Lady uh, on Fire? I loved
0: good. it. Yeah. Second okay. favorite movie of the year. Oh so,
1: wow. Yeah. Okay, maybe I should go watch
0: it. Oh, you really, really should. Okay. You really I saw it twice in theaters. Oh wow.
1: Yeah. It, yeah, so we went to Q&A. It was uncut Gems.
0: Nice. Yeah, yeah,
2: that's Anka Gems, man. Yeah. Movie of the year.
3: Great. We great did movie. see
0: Portrait of a Lady on Fire with the Q&A with the director and the two stars of the movie, yeah, and that's cool. it oh, wow. just made me appreciate it even more, because she's, like, such a, it's, man. French. Can they She's English? very, French. very yeah, French. Yeah, they did speak, yeah, I think there were a couple of moments where they were, like, I don't know how, how to say the this. Finding yeah. yeah. but, um, but, yeah, it, oh, God, just an incredible movie, yeah, so.
2: So you get two pop culture things? Sorry, I'm sorry. And I just get one? Well, what did you say? What, did, what, were you, what are you enjoying? Did you I think say? I'm just going to say Fleabag season oh, two. Oh, yeah. We oh, finished Fleabag. Wow. Wow. Solid.
1: You guys Very are good. big movie guys, but not big TV people. No, I'm, no, I'm not. No, I'm I'm personally. a lifelong big TV person. Oh, okay.
0: But um, it's been... Tough because there's so much content now that within the last year, especially doing this podcast I've really focused a lot more on movies. Yeah And yeah. like so it's like I feel like I have to choose between music and podcasts and last year I really chose podcasts and also between TV and movies and I really chose movies. This okay, so Okay, yeah, but I've been watching. I mean we're watching The Bachelor's back. So we're doing that <laughs> and um, Riverdale is gonna come back this week. Which uh, yeah, is, I did
1: see the the Riverdale yeah. pennant Oh, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, it's a big part of our life. We have like, okay. you know, up up to 10 people come over every Wednesday to come watch Riverdale. Yeah, I won't
1: Bear. give you my HBO Go password. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I definitely will because I want you guys to watch Watchmen.
0: Okay, yeah, I'm excited. Um, yeah, and uh, we watch NBC Thursdays. <laughs> It's true. Oh <laughs> wow, you guys are
1: some classic TV we fans. Watched, you yeah. still we watch an NBA
0: antenna. Thursdays till this day. You yeah. guys some
1: yeah. old school. Yeah.
2: Wow. And I still
0: end up watching Will and Grace. And every day, every Thursday, I'm like, I'm not going to watch Will and Grace wow. this week. And then What's I the keep watching now? it. Right now, it is. Um, Superstore, yes, The Good Place, The Good Place, yeah, both great shows, and um, mm-hmm. then it is Will and Grace, which this is going to be their final season again,
3: mm-hmm. and
0: um, and then after that is um, Perfect Harmony.
1: Do you think that show comes back?
0: Uh, for season two? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't know. Did TCA just happen? I don't know. Yeah, but um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think so. Do you like it? <laughs> um.
1: Don't say, it, don't say. It. We all work yeah. in this industry. It's yeah. okay. Don't say anything.
0: Um, no, I love Bradley Whitford. <laughs>
1: <A> diplomatic answer. <laughs> and,
0: and Anna Camp is always a joy. Um, there are some. There are some things like the show. That show does surprise me. I will say okay. there. Like there are some moments of joy that just really surprised me on that show. I was.
1: To, I was. Uh, I had a staffing meeting for that show and did not get it.
0: Oh, oh. well, then I hate it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: The show that we that we liked that was
0: Ugh, Sunnyside. Sunnyside. We love. Sunnyside. I love Sunnyside. It's Why so do they do good. that to it? A couple uh, of my friends
1: work on it. It's such a fun,
3: it's show. so yeah.
0: funny.
2: Yeah. yeah, I like. It, it, f- first episode, I was like, ah, I don't know, we'll see. But yeah, like, but after it, the second one, it found one, its footing. It really like, got it. fairly quickly, considering how many like beloved sitcoms had trash first seasons. Yeah, yeah. like it found its footing in a couple of episodes, mm-hmm. stayed solid until. It, got taken off basically
1: so
0: oh are you on letterbox now yeah
1: that was that was gonna she be my big reveal app, right? <laughs> that was gonna be my big reveal <laughs> wow. i was gonna say i was only gonna plug my letterbox
0: that's great <laughs>
2: uh, let's see <hear> it
3: <laughs> uh
1: so yeah find me on letterbox at edgar mobile yeah, so it's <laughs> just my name right uh, i'm going through it right now they're giving me a list of popular movies great um uh, a lot of these are superhero movies let's chill out with that
0: I have looked you up on Letterboxd before hoping that you
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's very nice that you're just like I want to see this person's face. Yeah.
0: Taste. I will, yeah. Well, thank no, you. I'm not logged in.
1: You're giving a lot of 5 stars. Yeah. I mean, I liked a lot of these movies. Wow. <laughs> I really did not watch. Uh... I'm feeling judged, Jonathan. No, no, I feel not, very I'm judged, judged right I'm
2: just really now. it's <laughs> really enjoying. It. Oh, I looked it I...
0: up and it says uh, the film starring Edgar Mompel's year That's all. That's oh what no, I
1: there's only one. And don't uh, tell me if you watched
3: it.
0: Okay. <laughs> I didn't. I'm gonna watch it though, cause I'm a I'm a big. GVS fan oh yeah Yeah. he's a
1: very Nice guy oh good he's Very sweet what is this movie
0: uh don't worry He won't get far on foot yes I was By Gus Van Sant
1: I was In that well I did not like the movie To be honest (laughs) oh no I'm Talking about Star Wars The Force Awakens Oh Oh, I I like that movie no I legitimately was Talking about The Star Wars The Force Awakens That's so funny (laughs) Okay, let me let me wrap myself oh, up. Yeah. I'm so Edgar here. Yeah. <laughs> you can find me on Letterboxd at Edgar Mopazier. You can find me on Twitter at Edgar Mopazier, on Instagram at Awfulgram. Uh, listen to The Wokest, please. Yeah. Um and then we We still
0: that, use that um that code. Yeah, you
1: can. What was it? Was it Wokus? I, I think, think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think Stitcher Premium yeah, for but, a Yeah, or you can use Kings now. You oh, can yeah. use code Kings cuz uh, and get Stitcher Premium for a, a month, is it? Free. Think, yeah. Yeah, go ahead That's and do that oh, this, How that I wish works. I could give this movie 6 stars. You can give half stars? Yeah. <laughs> this is changing everything. <laughs> I got to go. go back and change some <laughs> reviews. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I haven't
2: seen. I haven't seen because most of the people that I've seen uh, use this uh, use Letterbox to just do it on. Because this looks is this the app? That's the yeah. app. Yeah, yeah. I've just I seen people do app. mobile, so I haven't actually seen this like screen before. Oh, it kind of wow. it's like like almost like tinder or something you're like it swiping does look through. like tinder yeah.
1: yeah i'm like swiping through my movies I'm like, what movie am i gonna fuck <laughs>
3: <laughs> i'm
0: sorry uh, oh there we go i'm following you i found you okay Fantastic.
2: well should we
0: uh... oh. oh okay i thought these were your top four i was like that's interesting but they're still good movies also <laughs>
3: <laughs> i love to judge people based on their top four
0: movies on letterboxd oh, well, we'll see we'll yeah see. i'm excited um, yeah, okay. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Um, go watch this movie. Uh, I don't know, comment on our social media and email us. No one ever emails us. Uh, <laughs> HawkeyesPod at gmail.com and uh, rate and review on Apple Podcasts if you care about us. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm so mean always when I say that, but whatever. Screw it. Um, okay, good night, everyone.
3: <laughs> good night. <laughs>
2: This episode was produced by Harper Thompson and myself, Jonathan zavalletta It was edited by Harper Thompson and our intro music, Hawk Song, is written and recorded by Connor Vance.